Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church. We're glad to have you. Um, like Colby said, my name is David. Um, we're going through the book of Mark over the next year, probably. Um, just going through um, chapter by chapter. Um, and today we're, we're going through Mark 1, 35 to 45. Um, we all have priorities, right? Uh, like there's, there's always priorities in our life that we need to balance, whether that be uh, balancing life and work, um, home and away, family, friends, rest, or time with God. And all along the, the way, these different priorities are trying to fight to be the priority in your life. And I don't know about you, but when things get really busy, and oftentimes, unless you're really good at balancing your life, something gets neglected or something gets cut out. And so you have to constantly ask, what is the priorities in my life? What is not a priority? For example, some of us make work our priority. All of our time revolves around um, work or staying late, working hard. Some of us make our influence our priority. All our efforts are centered around gaining influence and time and followers. And, and I choose those two examples specifically because Jesus was faced with those two things in the passage that we're going to look at today. And Jesus is going to show us his priorities in a really busy season of ministry. His fame is rapidly growing in the land, and his work days are very long. And as a result, he shows us where his priorities are at. And at times that means saying no to actually good things, but allows him to do other things that the Father has planned for him to do. And so it might surprise you what God or what Jesus says no to. So I hope that as we, as we look at, at this passage today, we would see Jesus' example of him prioritizing God. So would you join me in prayer, and then we'll, we'll read the passage together. Uh, Father, thank you. We can be here together. We can worship you. And uh, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, that you would reveal um, truth to us today as we look at your word. Uh, I pray that you'd speak to us. You'd give us wisdom and Lord, that we would come out of this place hearing from you. We pray this in your name. Amen. If you have a Bible, uh, you can go to Mark 1, chapter, sorry, chapter 1, verse 35 to 45. It'll also be on the screen. Starting in verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Simon and his companions searched for him, and when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. He said to them, Let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I have come. He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees and begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand, touched him, I am willing, he told him. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. 
Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, and the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But he was out in a deserted place and they came to him from everywhere. Now, there's a few things I, I want to look at in this passage. The first is looking at, at Jesus' priorities. The second is we're going to unpack the story of the leper, and we're actually going to see how this is, as the third thing, a picture of the gospel. So starting with Jesus' priorities, we need to understand a little bit of context first. Jesus had just had an insane day, which we had looked at last week, and he's in Capernaum, he has been teaching in the synagogue. He's been casting out demons. He's been ministering to people. He was just at Simon, Simon's house and he healed Simon's mother-in-law. And then verse 33 from last week says that literally the whole town was gathered at the door where Jesus was so that he could continue healing, casting out demons and healing diseases. Now I've had some busy days, but I've never had a day like that and I can't even imagine the level of tiredness Jesus would have at the end of the day. And he probably knew that the next day, it would be just as busy. There would be crowds, there would be people lined up at his door waiting for Jesus to perform miracles. It would be kind of equivalent today um, of going viral overnight and getting a million Instagram followers it, his fame was growing like wildfire. And if we know anything about wildfires, is that when they start, they don't stop. And once Jesus' fame goes out to the land, all these people start coming to him. So let's look at that, those first few verses again. It says in verse 35, Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, went out, made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. Simon and his companions searched for him, and when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. He said to them, Let's go to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I have come. So despite Jesus' insanely busy day, Jesus got up to go be alone with God the Father and pray. Crowds are beginning to, to come to him. People are looking for him and, and Jesus is off alone with the Father. Why? Because that was his priority. It says that, that Simon and a few others were coming to look for Jesus and when they found him, essentially they were saying, where have you been, Jesus? You don't have time to be off praying by yourself. Look at all these people that are coming. You're too busy. Let's stop there for a minute. Here's a question. When you get busy or overwhelmed, what is the first thing that you end up cutting out? What do you turn to or, or what becomes your priority? I think more often than not, the first thing that we tend to cut out is time with God, especially when things get busy or things are overwhelming. Simon was saying sort of the same thing. Jesus, you need to cut this, this time with God out because you're too busy. You have too much to do. And I think, I think for a lot of us, God is the one that gets cut out. And yet, God is probably the person that we need the most to be prioritizing. Jesus made it a priority. Being alone and secluded with the Father was Jesus' priority for that day. And therefore, I think it should be a priority for our lives, too. I experienced a while back, um, 
being alone with the Father. So if, you have, if you've never been alone just by yourself, it can be a little bit uncomfortable at first. I went on a, uh, a little while back, I went on a, a spiritual retreat. And I went to like a quiet, secluded cabin in the woods. Uh, there was no cell service, no internet. There was nothing. It was just me and God. And, and I had all these expectations going in. I had all these like list of questions that I had for God, all these um, things that I wanted him to answer. And you know what? I went in and I, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to, and it's going to be just incredible. And God's going to answer all my questions. But I got there and like half an hour in, I prayed for half an hour and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is hard work. And, and I thought like after half an hour, I'd exhausted my whole mind. But this is what Jesus made time for. And so I kept pressing in and I, and I kept pressing in and, and I didn't realize the things that I had needed. I came in with all these questions, all these demands, and, and yet God never answered any of them. Instead, he gave me one verse in Exodus 34 that ended up showing me who God was. And it, and it ended up actually recentering and realigning. It was not something I came in expecting. I, I came in expecting questions to be answered. But I didn't come out of this retreat being disappointed. God didn't answer the questions I had. He didn't audibly speak to me, but I came out re-centered on who God was because he had given me exactly what I needed. And I think when we spend time with God alone, he shows us who we are. He shows us who he is and what we actually need. And then out of that, what we're called to do. There's a, a recentering and a realigning that happens when we spend time with God. The problem is, if we don't make that a priority, the busyness of life can often then be the voice dictating our life. The, vo the Father's voice needs to be the voice in our life. And the Father needs to be the priority in our life. And it's also worth noting that Jesus had a crowd waiting for him. Like Simon is looking for him and, and there's a big crowd waiting to be healed to have demons cast out, to have miracles performed. There's a ton of, of really good work and really good ministry that Jesus could have done that day. But notice, he doesn't go back. Instead, he reminds Simon and the different disciples that his calling is to go and preach the kingdom of God to all the different towns. And I think sometimes the good things that we are doing are not always what God is actually calling us to do. You know, people in those crowds having sickness and, and disease removed, those are all good things. But for Jesus to keep doing that would mean he couldn't fulfill the call that God had on his life. Jesus was called to go preach the good news of the kingdom of God. And so are there things in your life that, that could be good things, good things that are happening, keeping you from doing what God is actually calling you to do? For example, when I came from um, Salmon Arm, and that's where I, I came from two years ago, um, the ministry I part, was a part of, I, I worked with youth ministry with Colby, and, and there was some really good things happening. There was lots of unchurched people coming to our youth group. The gospel was being preached every week, and, and, and kids were giving their lives to Jesus, and, and our groups were going really well. And then Colby asked this question. He said, hey, you should consider coming to Kelowna to plant a church with me. And part of my inner dialogue was, 
well, what, what happens to this ministry that's going so well? And, and what will happen to it? And, and why would I leave when things are going so good at the moment? But as I, as I sought God on it, and I couldn't ignore the fact that God was, was calling us to Kelowna, despite the good things that were happening. And there wouldn't be a, a live free church if, if we had just stayed when things were going really good. So just because things are going good doesn't mean that that's where God actually wants you. Okay, but then what is God calling me to do? Well, Jesus' example to figure that out was to spend time alone with the Father in prayer. And I'm sure he asked, do I stay with this crowd? Do I minister? Which would be really great. Or do I go onward to continue the call that you've placed on my life? You need to make the Father time with God a priority every day because Jesus did. Even when he was really exhausted, even when he was really busy, even when others were telling him, you know what, you don't have time to pray. Jesus made time alone with God a priority. And you know what's crazy? This is also before the time of alarm clocks. Like, like you would have to anticipate getting up early, especially after a really long and busy day you have to anticipate waking up early to be with the Father. And I don't know about you, but it takes sometimes five alarms to get me up in the morning. It doesn't come easy. But when I was a kid on Christmas Eve, you know, the anticipation of, of Christmas morning coming, I barely slept through the night and I was up at 5 a.m. ready to open presents. There was an anticipation that I had. And I think that's the, it's t- the type of anticipation that Jesus had to be spending time with God. And if anyone deserves to sleep in after a hard day's work, it's Jesus. But instead, he anticipated being with the Father and he gets up early to go to a desolate place. Do you anticipate being with God? Is, is time with God a priority in your life? Jesus then goes off to to other places to preach the kingdom of God. And then we come to this next section where Jesus encounters a man with leprosy. Verse 39 says, He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him on his knees, begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Now what you need to know about like some of the ancient times, is that leprosy was a terrifying disease. Not only because of the the devastating impact on the person, but the social rejection that came as a result of leprosy. If you were a Jew in the ancient world and you woke up with a strange appearance on your skin, you would have to go to the priest who would use the guidance of God's word to determine if you had leprosy. Let me read to you Leviticus 13.45. To 46, and this is what the priest would have used. It says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes, let his hair of his head hang loose, he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease, he is unclean, and he shall live alone, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. Leprosy meant social isolation, loss of friends, loss of family, loss of your community. You weren't allowed within 50 paces of another human being. And anytime someone came around you, you would have to to say out loud, unclean, unclean. It was an awful disease. 
But you see this man. He comes to Jesus. He comes in, in desperation, probably in a lot of pain, whether that be physically or psychologically. He is not allowed to come near anybody. Yet he risks it all to come to Jesus in desperation, begging that Jesus would make him clean. He had faith that Jesus could be hope, that he could be the one that would clean his disease. And what does Jesus do? Verse 41, it says, Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. The word compassion, as many commentators pointed out, is this idea of righteous anger. Jesus is not angry at the man with leprosy coming to him, even though it violated the, the Old Testament law. He, he's angry at the disease. He's angry at the destructiveness that our fallen world has, has um, affected us. He loved this man, but he hated the disease and what it had done to him. And so what does he do? Jesus touches this man and heals him. This man went from being unclean to clean in one encounter with Jesus, which in a lot of ways, I think we can relate. Which is the third thing, is that this is actually a picture of the gospel. And here's what I mean. This is what Jesus has done for us. Sin has made us all unclean before God. And in a lot of ways, we are just as separated and just as isolated from God because of our sin. Yet Jesus' whole ministry on earth was about preaching the good news that Jesus has come to make sinners clean through his life, through his death on the cross and the resurrection. This man with leprosy, all this man did was have faith that Jesus could make him clean. And Jesus said, okay. He took this man's leprosy away. And in the same way on the cross, Jesus takes our sin away. But it means putting everything on the line. It means asking. One touch of Jesus can change your entire life. Jesus can make you clean. And if, if you've not done that, that's an invitation for today. Jesus wants to make you clean. He wants to save you. He wants to give you life and freedom from sin. This leper has freedom to go back to his family, to his friends, to his community. And could you imagine the joy he would have? Who knows how many years he had spent alone by himself. And yet in one encounter with Jesus, his whole life is changed. Verse 43 then goes on to say, Then Jesus sternly warned and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest. Offer what Moses commanded by your cleansing as a testimony to them. That was something that the Old Testament required of them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and spread the news with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. But he was out in a deserted places and they came to him from everywhere. Okay, hold on. Why would Jesus tell this man not to tell anybody of, of his healing? Like, there's no way that you have leprosy removed, something very radically changed in your life, and then you have to keep it a secret. If you've been touched by Jesus, if you've been cleaned, if your sins have been forgiven, how could you possibly keep that a secret? But Jesus says, don't tell anyone. Commentators call this the... Uh, the messianic secret of Jesus. 
And this, is, this doesn't apply to us. And, and one, one commentator said this, and this is pre-death, pre-resurrection, says that Jesus' mission was to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. If crowds descended on him to see miracles accomplished or to benefit from his power, they would not be coming with a heart, of, heart attitude to hear and respond to the gospel. He did not want to be a miracle worker in a sideshow. He wanted to be the savior of their souls. In other words, crowds were coming to see Jesus perform miracles more than they were desiring to hear the message. But Jesus was called. His, his calling was to preach the kingdom of God all across the land, that souls would be saved. So the purpose um, of miracles is to validate the message and the authority of Jesus as Messiah but for a lot of crowds, they just wanted the miracles, not the message. People wanted miracles and healing more than they wanted repentance and forgiveness. Jesus' priority is your soul, is to save your soul. He wants to make you clean spiritually, which is the greatest miracle in itself. The messianic secret no longer applies to you and I. After Jesus went to the cross, died and rose, it's now something we have the privilege of being able to proclaim. And when Jesus changes a life, the world needs to know. And that's why we, we baptize people. So to recap, we've talked about Jesus' priorities. He spent time alone with the Father in prayer. The example is that it is the Father who sets our priorities. And here's the thing. You're going to have things fighting for your priorities, and then you're going to have excuses that that come up, like there's not enough time in a day. There's just, I'm too busy, I'm too stressed, I'm too overwhelmed, there's too much going on. But so did Jesus. His days were incredibly busy. Yet he made time. He made time and anticipated being with the Father. So what if this week you chose one day? One day to say, okay, I'm gonna get up maybe an hour, maybe half an hour earlier just to spend time with God. I wonder through that time, as your heart is recentered, as your priorities are recentered around God, what opportunities the Lord would bring to you that day? Jesus made it a priority to be with the Father. Why? Well, John 5:19 says this: Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. We can't do anything apart from God, especially ministry. And that's why we need to make time to be with God, seeking God, praying to God, and listening to God. God will set your priorities, especially when you set your priority on him. And who knows the opportunities that he will bring your way. It could be it could be bringing the good news to a friend or a coworker, family member who Jesus wants to save and make clean from their sin. And that's the good news that we have. I'll invite the band up at this time. I hope that we could be um, a praying church. I hope that we, could make, that we could be a church that makes God the priority in our own lives. I hope that we could be a church that makes decisions based on our time with God. I mean, Jesus could have easily gone back to that crowd, but the Father was leading him to go and do ministry all throughout the land. I hope we could be proclaimers. Like, we don't have to keep it a secret anymore. 
We can be proclaimers of the good news of the gospel. That he's offering unclean sinners mercy, grace, forgiveness. That is only possible through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And the call is simple. The leper just asked. He just asked Jesus to be made clean. And if you haven't accepted Christ, ask and Jesus will make you clean. That's the good news and, and that's the privilege that we have to be able to share today. Let's pray. Father, would you make it our desire this week to spend time with you? I thank you that Jesus is our example and even more importantly, our Savior. Thank you that you make us sinners clean by your sacrifice on the cross. Would that be good news for us today? Would that spark a sense of joy that the leper had when he was cleansed? That Lord, because of what you have done, that we'd want to tell the world of you. I pray for that passion. Thank you for this time that we have today. We love you. We lift up our praises to you now. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.